Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 342 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And if this is the first episode of 2023 you're tuning into, Happy New Year. If you want to hear a different insight into the new year and how you can make the most of it and also not stress too much about New Year's goals, resolutions, intentions, words of the year, all that kind of stuff, then listen to the introduction in last week's episode. I shared some things that might be super helpful, super interesting to you. Of course, the rest of the episode is great too. But if you are looking for some, I don't know, some different inspiration for the new year time, then you might like that episode or at least the beginning of it. Okay, so before we get going with today's episode, I just have a couple pieces of business that I want to tell you about. So the first thing is, and I haven't talked about it very recently on the show, is that if you are new here and are just listening to the podcast, I want you to know that I have an emotional availability assessment. And it's kind of what it sounds like, right? It's a little assessment that you can take to assess your own emotional availability. I think when we're talking about like a heterosexual couple, a lot of times I think men sometimes have the stereotype of not being emotionally available, right? Like they're aloof or, you know, not really sharing their feelings or noncommittal or whatever. And of course, those certainly are signs of not being emotionally available. However, there's lots of other ways that you can be emotionally unavailable. And a lot of times these traits tend to fly under the radar because we don't see them as being emotionally unavailable when in fact they are. So for example, not sharing how you feel or not setting a boundary or not asking for what you need or waiting for the other person to make the move or doing everything you can to avoid rejection, which we're going to talk about later on in today's episode, are actually all ways that you can block the flow of vulnerability and emotion and connection with someone that you're 
either on a date with or trying to build a relationship with. So if you want to download the assessment, it's totally free. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment, and we'll put that link in the show notes. So you can just click the link there and take the little assessment. Think about like magazines from like, I don't know, the 90s or the 2000s where you scored yourself on various questions or statements, and then you totaled it up at the end, and then you tallied it up, and then you saw what your score was, and then depending on what your score, you had a little category of you know what your result was, right? So the assessment is based on that, and so depending on what your score is, I have some targeted episodes for you that will be super helpful for you, as well as some practices and things you can do to get that score up. The good news is that you do not need to have your score at 100%. Nobody is because, you know, we're still human and we're always healing and we always have at least some little bit of guard up. And in some ways that's really good, right? Because working on your emotional availability and your vulnerability is important. And yet I'm not asking you to be a free for all and just like open the gates for anyone to come through because obviously that would not be physically safe or emotionally safe either. Okay, and the other benefit to getting the emotional availability assessment is that also signs you up for my newsletter list. And um, one of the benefits right now of being on my newsletter list, besides, you know, hearing some extra insight and all that kind of stuff from me, is that I'm going to be teaching movement classes called Wild Soul Movement. So it's something I've been working on for over a year now. And Wild Soul Movement classes are essentially, it's movement with mantra. I want you to think of them as work ends, right? So there's workouts, you might go to the gym, like work out your body and whatever, and that's really great. Work-ins certainly do involve movement, but it's very gentle movement. It's kind of like yoga, but not really. And also we pair it with mantra. And each class has a specific theme to help you achieve something internally and or emotionally. I really like this because it's a really important tool and really powerful tool for integration. So if there's a part of you that's like, okay, you know that you are, I don't know, putting up with bad behavior or you've been doing it or you can't seem to get your self-esteem or your self-love or whatever, you know, even after listening to this podcast or doing a lot of work on yourself or whatever, a lot of times when you actually involve movement, it really helps you to embody the emotional work that you're trying to do. And I find that you can get there faster. And so the reason why it will be beneficial to be in my newsletter list for this is because there's a little bit of a lag for my podcast, right? Because I might release this episode today, but you could be listening to it a week from when I release it or even a year from when I release it. But news, you know, the newsletter seems to, you know, there's there's less of a lag time. And so if I schedule a class a week out or even a few days out, you'll be able to know about it by being on my newsletter list. And the first few classes will be free so you can come and check it out. I haven't decided exactly what the themes will be, but there will definitely be one around healing and inner child work and building self-love. There will probably be one about letting go of an old relationship, the fear that can come with that, the hurt that can come with that, the grief that can come with that, all that kind of stuff. And then another one, I'm not exactly sure yet, but I will certainly let you know. And you can try it out and it'll be totally for free. Later on in the year, I will start charging for these classes. I'm not exactly sure what, probably the equivalent of like a yoga class that you might drop in on. But if you want to sample it for free, then you'll definitely want to be on my newsletter list. If you already are on my newsletter list, just keep an eye out if you're interested in coming to them. I was teaching the work in classes 
for my intuitive dating programs last year, and I got a lot of great feedback. So I'm excited to share this with my wider audience. All right, so that is the business. And then the second piece of business is if you are interested in working together with me one-on-one, then go ahead and get your applications in. At the time of this recording, I'm not exactly sure how many spots I have available, but I usually don't have more than a few spots available at any given time. So I always advise getting your applications in as soon as possible if you are interested in working together. Even if you're not 100% sure, that's totally fine. That's what the introductory call is really designed for. So A, I can get to know you and make sure I can help you with the problem that you say you have. And then for you also to get to know me and to make sure it just feels like a good fit all around for for you. So the link to schedule and apply to work with me is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And again, I only have a couple of spots available. So make sure you get that in sooner rather than later. All right. So speaking of clients, probably one of the most common conversations I have, especially after we do the inner child work phase or the initial phase of inner child work and they're actively dating again, probably one of the most common conversations is, should I keep dating this person? How am I supposed to feel? I like this person, but I don't really like this person, but is that normal? So I want to talk through a lot of this with you today because unfortunately there is no, oh, you should feel exactly this way. Ask yourself these questions and then boom, definitely go out the person again or boom, definitely don't go out the person. Unfortunately, it's not that cut and dry, but I do think that there are some things that you can look at some things that can give you some perspective and certainly some questions that you can ask yourself to know if it's worth going out with or continuing to go out with the person that you are dating. So first of all, relationships or the person that you're dating should not feel like a drug. It should not feel like, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. Like it feels too good to be true or like you have to get your hit um, or you need to know if the other person likes you or or you need to get that validation constantly from them. That's generally not how you want to feel. That can highlight a lot of inner child wounding and core wounds that you probably still need to work through. And also a lot of times those relationships that just feel like that drug, that just feel like that hit that you need to get, those actually do strongly relate to you filling each other's voids, which can feel really, really good, except that that's not love. It can feel like love, but it's certainly not a healthy foundation to build a relationship on. Okay. And the other end of that spectrum is you can feel a little like, it was nice. Um, kind of feel a little indifferent, a little nonchalant about the person that you went out with. And I'll tell you what ends up happening is a lot of times my clients, especially who have experienced like that drug-like feeling when they're dating someone new or that hot and cold, or they're trying to get to that hot place because it feels so, so, so good, is that they know that's bad. And so then because they haven't really relearned what a new love is supposed to feel like, or a new relationship is supposed to feel like, they settle on feeling nonchalant, like, or indifferent. And mistakenly, a lot of women I've noticed can actually feel kind of proud of themselves for not getting too attached or not getting too emotional or too invested or whatever. And that's also not really where you want to be. I know that kind of complicates things. You're like, well, where the fuck do I need to be, Veronica? Well, again, I'm going to talk you through that. But I just want to start by highlighting the two ends of the spectrum and neither place are really the place that you want to be. Okay, one more thing that I want to say about the indifferent side of the spectrum is it can often feel like a good option because you feel more safe, right? If you're not emotionally invested, then why do you care if they like you back or if the relationship goes anywhere? And some clients mistake this as the inner work working because it doesn't feel like emotional roller coaster. And again, 
don't want to be on the emotional roller coaster side either. But there is always going to be some level of anxiety or kind of anticipation of what may or may not happen in any given new relationship. And that's actually a good thing. You're supposed to feel something. Inner work is not designed to make you feel like a robot, right? No amount of inner work, no amount of inner child work is going to make you invincible to rejection. I've talked many times about rejection on the podcast before, about how you are actually biologically wired to detest rejection. Rejection will always suck. There's no way around it, but that's part of the risk. You can certainly choose to not date because you don't want to be rejected. And of course, there might be some short periods of time, like right after a breakup or something else is big going on in your life, where you're like, you know what, I can't handle rejection, so I'm going to take a break from dating. And that's totally reasonable. But if you take a long-term break or a forever break from dating, there's risk in that because if that's not what you want, that's going to catch up with you mentally and emotionally. So regardless of what you decide to do, there's going to be risk. And if you do want to meet somebody and you do want a lifelong partner, part of going after that and part of dating is accepting the inherent risks that go along with it. And if you're not willing to accept that risk, it might be wise to take a break and address potentially some inner child wounds that are really making rejection feel that intolerable. And again, I've already said this, but I will say it again. I will say it until I'm blue in the face. Rejection always sucks and it'll never feel good. What the goal is, is rejection resilience. And kind of a cheeky way I sometimes describe that is dating amnesia, right? So imagine you were dating someone and you got rejected, and then that built up a ton of fear. You have a hard time trusting yourself making decisions. You have a hard time trusting other people. You have a hard time knowing what you should do, shouldn't do, and you're trying to overanalyze everything, right? It's going to be really hard to date from that place. Whereas let's say you have a relationship, it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, you were heartbroken, or you or maybe just disappointed or confused or angry or whatever it is, you do the work around it. And then that relationship is that relationship. And sure, you can take some of the lessons, you can take some of the growth and healing opportunities that you gleaned from that relationship and healing from it. But that person's actions, your ex's actions isn't having an effect on how you see yourself or the other potential person, right? So that's dating amnesia. That is certainly the goal of where you want to be when you are dating somebody new. So this still leaves us, how are you supposed to feel? Again, there's no magic formula or one size fits all. And this is something that I can talk about a lot. And I do talk about a lot with clients. So to reiterate, you're not supposed to feel like, oh my God, fireworks, and this is too good to be true, and all that kind of stuff. You're not supposed to feel that. And you're also not supposed to feel indifferent. So where does that leave us? Of course, the ideal lives somewhere in the middle. And here's the even trickier part. It can be different for everybody with how they want to feel in the early stages of a relationship. And also, it might actually vary from relationship to relationship among the same person. Some relationships, you just meet and there's like this deep knowing, and that's really wonderful and beautiful. There's some relationships where it starts more as a friendship and kind of really slow moving, and maybe even they actually are friends for a long time before they start to be romantic with each other. And then, of course, there's everything in between. So I've shared my story 
about Stevie. I've talked about my book. You can read it there. Um, I've also, I did a six part series on how I met Stevie uh, going all the way back to uh, when I was 11 years old and then until I when I met him. And so that's my story, but that's my story, right? Everyone has their own story of how they met their person and what it was like at the very beginning. So while it's beautiful and really fun, at least for me, to hear other people's meet cutes and the beginnings of their relationships, and it might be fun for you too, please just, just take it as that. It's not like, oh, well, this is how it worked for this person. So this is what it's going to look like for me. And this is how it should look like or should feel for me, because that will just leave you in your head spinning like crazy. Okay, so here are some things to think about when you are newly dating someone or even after a first date. Number one, I like to give people two or three dates unless you get the ick and the ick is like, oh my gosh, if this person touches me, I might barf, right? That's the ick. So if you get the ick, if you see an immediate red flag or deal breaker, like if I was dating and I went out with someone and it became abundantly clear they were a Trump supporter, wouldn't wouldn't move on. <laughs> like it would just be a no-go. I wouldn't have to be like, well, let's see, like, nope, our values just aren't aligning. And I'm not sticking around to trying to figure it out. Not not working for me, right? So an immediate red flag or an immediate deal breaker for you, or if you notice any signs of bad behavior. And the reason why I like to give people two to three dates is because sometimes people can be nervous, you can be nervous, the other person can be nervous, you can be a little awkward, they can be awkward. I just find first dates can sometimes feel really stiff. I really actually prefer walking dates, like walking around the park. Um, When I lived in DC, I went on a date and we went to the White House Gardens. And that was actually a really great date because we were walking around. We could talk about like the flowers or the plants or whatever that we were seeing. But regardless, even if you go to a restaurant, I did plenty of first dates at restaurants and bars, and I'm not saying those are bad. But if you do have a date and it feels a little stiff or it feels a little off or it feels even a little boring, I'll talk about boring in a second. I don't know. I think it's worth giving the person two or three dates just to see, like, give yourself a break, give them a break, give yourself a chance, give them a chance to see if there really is truly a connection there. And again, the caveats to that is if you get the ick, if you sense an immediate red flag or a deal breaker or values misalignment, anything along those lines, or if you notice signs of bad behavior. So bad behavior is being rude, rude to you, of course, but also being rude to wait staff. Any kind of aggressive behavior, even if it's not towards you, I think to me that feels really, really alarming. Um, any kind of shit talk about exes, groups of people, you know, making broad generalizations. I just think these, to me at least, these feel all like you know, serious bad behaviors that I, again, probably wouldn't stick around for. So one thing that you can do, and I encourage my clients. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. ...to do is to have their rule of three. So your rule of three is if you notice any one of these three things on a date, it is a do not pass go, do not collect $200 kind of thing, and you just move on out. You could even end the date early if you wanted to, because your time and energy are precious and valuable and limited. So for me, my rule of three was they needed to have some sort of passion. It did not necessarily need to be a passion related to their career, but I wanted wanted them to be interested in more than just coming home and watching Netflix. And believe me, I love a good Netflix pinch. I'm not dissing that by any stretch of the imagination. But I wanted them to have something that they cared about, something that would get them off the couch or get them up in the morning and, you know, live their life. Um, And so if that wasn't present to me, like that was just a no go. It was just not going to work for me. My other rule of three, my second one was smoking. Smoking for me is just a deal breaker. I'm not fooling around. I like to live a healthy lifestyle. Also, I can't stand the smell and I don't need to go there. But you know, I think many of you can probably understand. And then my third rule of three was rude to wait staff. I think this is one of those, it's like one of those behaviors where it's like the tip of the iceberg, right? Like what else is under there? If they're being rude to wait staff to someone they don't even know, even if the service is bad, even if they made a mistake, even if the food came out cold or whatever, there's so many other things going on that to take it out on a wait staff like that, to me just tells me they're not dealing with their stuff. They just like to poo-poo their emotions and other people. And there's a lack of compassion or empathy. Like, I don't need to know what else. I don't need to sit here and analyze it, even though I know I am. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't need to go there. And so these three things were, it was just done. It was just no questions asked, not wasting any more time or energy on this particular relationship. Now, just because somebody passed the rule of three doesn't necessarily mean there were no other potential deal breakers that might have come up in the future. But these were just like the immediate, like, don't need to ask any more questions kind of thing. And I like to have this and you might want to, I encourage you to have actually a rule of three. Because a lot of times, our problem is not so much that there's nobody, our problem is, is so much that like, We try to give everybody a chance and you have finite time, you have finite energy. And if more people can just be a no for you, and I know that feels really scary because scarcity can certainly come up when you're dating. But if you can just let more people actually just be a no, then that actually frees up your time, energy and emotions for more of the right kind of people. So give two to three dates, unless you feel the ick, immediate red flag, you know, the signs of bad behavior and your rule of three can help you come up with this list. Okay, number two. Go out with someone you normally wouldn't. I find this to be a huge mistake a lot of women make is you're actually looking for a male version of yourself. And I certainly did this. And I'll talk about my adventure spirit as an example. So I've always considered myself to be super adventurous. Even though I'm a Capricorn, I actually have a lot more Sagittarius in my chart than Capricorn. Is that why I feel adventurous? Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But I just always have considered myself to be super adventurous. And not like in a 
like, oh, I'm going to go bungee jump or skydive kind of way. I actually have zero desire to do that. And that's probably my Capricorn self. But adventurous in the sense that like, I always love to explore. I love to travel. I love to read and learn about things. And I really do believe this is part of the reason why I've built this business. And the specific work that I do is because I love taking, I like taking a journey across the ocean, but I love taking a journey deep into the soul too. <laughs> it's just what makes me tick, right? And so for a long time, when I was globe trotting and when I was younger, I really did think that I not only wanted, but needed somebody who had that equal kind of globe trotting, adventurous kind of spirit. But what I learned is that I had a very narrow definition of what adventurous meant. And when I was dating all these people who were adventurous, like our wires just kept crossing. We weren't seeing things eye to eye, or we were literally just crossing, you know, our paths were just crossing. Like I was here for a little bit, they were there for a little bit, and then they were going to this other place and I was going to this other place. And so that wasn't really giving an opportunity for a relationship to really grow. And so in fact, actually, when I met Stevie, I never really took it seriously because I didn't think that we would I didn't really think that anything would come of it because he was certainly not the globetrotter, adventurous kind of spirit that I thought that I needed. But I want to say two things about that. One is he actually did have or does have still an adventurous spirit, but it's in a very different way. Where to me, like adventure means you got to book a ticket to like somewhere across the world, which of course that is an adventure. But he also could see an adventure of like, oh, let's go to, I don't know, the Asian grocery store and find a vegetable or something that we don't know what it is and cook it up and see what it tastes like and what kind of recipe we can make with it. Like, and that is adventurous, right? But it's just like a very different flavor of adventure. And I actually really, I really found myself to love that. I thought it was so fun. It was so interesting. We had tons of fun together. We still do that kind of stuff. Um, He also, when we're driving, I'm like, I need an itinerary. I want to have Google Maps open. And that's what we're doing. We're staying on the blue line on Google Maps. Whereas he's like, this looks cute. Let's stop here or let's go there. And I'm like, no. Right. And so there was like that polarity, that tension there. But it was it actually is a really wonderful, beautiful part of our relationship. And so we can have like a great adventure that's like, I don't know, 20 minutes from our home. And so it still sparks a sense of adventure. And I didn't realize it and I didn't know at the time, but it's actually something that I really, really needed. The other thing that he does, and this might be something to think about, especially if you can relate to the adventurous spirit part, is, and I was actually talking about this with my friend Bailey from MindRise um, a few weeks ago, but she was talking about how she also can identify with the adventurous, like always, and not necessarily like traveling, although she does travel a lot, but just doing a bunch of, a bunch of things, right? And she actually needs somebody to be like grounding, right? And so if she's the kite, and I can relate to this, I'm the kite, and I'm flapping around doing all these things. If I'm dating someone else or in a relationship with someone else who's also flapping around as the kite, then we're just flapping around and just floating along. And who knows where we're going, if we'll drift apart, drift together, like who knows, whereas her partner now, and this is how I identify Stevie as well, he's the one holding the kite, grounding me in. I do need a lot of that groundedness. And so whether or not you can relate with the adventurous spirit, I think you can look at, okay, what's an attribute or a feeling or something that's really important for you to have in a relationship? And are you interpreting it to exist in only one specific way, right? And if you are, you might want to expand that a little bit and you might be surprised. You might surprise yourself. Or is it helpful to look at someone who is more, not maybe not like the complete opposite, but you know, just balances 
something about you like or a feeling that you want to have or or like a characteristic or whatever it is that can just add a little bit of polarity a little bit of you know when when you can balance it a little bit that's where you can get some grounding energy which can feel really really nice and I actually do think grounding energy is super important for a long-term relationship so try going out with someone that you normally wouldn't go out with or swipe on someone you wouldn't normally swipe on. And then come back to rule number one, which is give someone two to three dates, again, unless you feel the ick, the immediate red flag, or you notice signs of bad behavior. And again, if you do, I'd, I'd love to know because I love stories like this. All right, so number three, check yourself on feeling bored. This can be a tricky one because you will have to use your intuition and ultimately trust yourself to make a decision. If someone's feeling bored or someone's boring you, It could be because that you just don't click and it's boring and it's just time to move on. And it could also be that, and this can be really common if you feel really run down by dating, is you could be accidentally falling into this trap of it's the other person's job to entertain you or to make you feel whatever it is that you want to feel in your ideal relationship. Now, of course, the other person ideally does bring out some of those qualities, but you have to bring those emotions and qualities as well so that they can grow and, you know, grow on each other, essentially. So if your immediate feeling is that you're bored, and again, this is a tricky one. This is, I've talked a lot about this with clients. There's no one right answer here. Again, this is not to say that if someone's boring you, something's wrong with you and you're being judgy or whatever. Um, But it's also worth asking, like, is this person really boring me or am I just having this unrealistic expectation that they're supposed to make me feel excited or whatever it is that you're wanting to feel. Okay, last thing, number four, when in doubt, ask yourself, would you be bummed or wonder what if, if you never saw this person again? And this is a tricky question. I mean, it is a good question, but it's also a tricky question because one, it can be an immediate like, well, yeah, I would see him again or yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bummed or like a little curious to to see this person again. On the other hand, if you are dating and you're feeling just really frustrated, you're feeling a little bit bitter, maybe a little jaded, maybe a little like fuck everything kind of energy, then this answer would probably be like, well, I don't give a shit if I see this person again. So that's why this question is a little risky. So you do need to check yourself as to what emotional state that you're in. But the reason that I like this question is because I believe even if you get married and you commit, or even if you're not married, but you commit to like a partnership, a life with somebody, I still do believe that love is a daily choice. And so a lot of times when you're deciding, should I see this person again? What you're really asking yourself is a much bigger question. You're asking yourself, could I marry this person? Or could this person be the, you know, the father of my children? Or what I can I end up with this person? And those are really big questions to ask that you probably don't have the answer to, especially if you've only gone on a date with them or maybe a couple dates. And so the question that might be underneath the question that you're asking yourself probably isn't a very fair question. So instead, ask yourself, okay, do I want to see this person again? Because It's a good idea, I think, to get yourself in the habit of that question anyways, because even if you're in a committed relationship, it's still a daily choice to wake up and say, I want to commit to this person. I want to make this relationship amazing. What can I do today to make this relationship the relationship that I want or whatever it is, right? And so 
break it down and make it just a much smaller, smaller decision. Do you want to see this person again? Would you be bummed if you didn't see this person again? Right. And if the answer is no, then just leave it. Forget about it. Right. But if the answer is like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of thinking about it. I mean, it was fun. It was nice. That brings us back to rule number one. I say, go for it. Go on at least another couple dates and see how you feel then. Again, unless you get the ick, unless you get an immediate red flag or unless you notice signs of bad behavior. So here's the last thing that I want to say about this. Anomalies happen. Things happen. You go on bad dates. You go on dates where like it's real hard to make the conversation flow. Uh, You go on dates, you feel bored. You go on dates and you have a friend vibe. Um, You're not interested. Look, anything can happen. And I don't think it's helpful to overanalyze everything. This is actually another common mistake that a lot of my clients make. Inner child work is very fascinating to me. One of the reasons why I do this work, honestly, one of the reasons why my clients work with me is because they're fascinated by it too. The, not the drawback, but like the part where it can actually become a hindrance is that you almost do it too much where you overanalyze everything and not everything has to do with, you know, what's happening inside of you or what you're manifesting or what core wound is getting activated or whatever, you know, cause there's other humans involved in the situation too. And also there's just, there's just a lot of things going on, a lot of variables, And so sometimes things just happen, right? Bad dates just happen. So for the most part, I like to leave anomalies alone, right? If you have one bad date out of, you know, five good ones, okay, fine. If you feel bored this one date when you know you've recently had an ability to have a lot of fun on a first date with somebody else, then I wouldn't chalk too much up to it. But if you notice something happening maybe twice, certainly three, definitely four times or more, then I think it is worth asking, okay, what's going on here? Like if you're consistently bored by the people that you're going out with, there's a really good chance that you're in some sort of mindset where you're putting it on the other person to make you feel something. And I think there's probably some inner work to do around that. If you are constantly interested in like the bad guy, so to speak, and not the good guy, which is a question I hear all the time. And in fact, I have a podcast episode about that. I did at the end of 2022. I don't remember the name or the number of the episode, but I'll put that link in the show notes because that's going to be a super helpful episode for you to listen to if you can relate to that. And I know a lot of you all will be able to. Anyways, if you're constantly feeling not interested in the good guys and interested in the bad guys or the guys that are interested in you or whatever, then there's definitely some inner child stuff going on there. And it's worth looking into that. So again, anomalies, frustrating, feel whatever you need to feel around them. Um, But I wouldn't worry too much. I would really only begin to worry and worry is not even the right word. I would really only begin to look into it um, if the same thing was happening over and over and over again. Um, Because usually that will indicate some sort of pattern, some sort of limiting belief or core wound, etc., that might be calling the shots that you're unaware of. All right. I hope you love this episode. Love to hear your feedback. You can send me DM on Instagram and let me know what you think. Any questions? I'm Veronica E. Grant. And just again, a few reminders, if you haven't downloaded my emotional availability assessment, I highly recommend you do so, especially if you are dating and you are like either not interested in people that you're dating 
or you're attracting a lot of emotionally unavailable people, it'll be helpful to know your own availability. And just remind you that will get you onto my newsletter list where you will learn more about the Wild Soul Movement classes that I'll be teaching this month and they're free. So definitely get on that if you're interested. And finally, if this episode resonated and you realize that maybe there are some patterns that are a little bit deeper going on, then I encourage you to apply to work with me. Spots are limited. And again, at the time of this recording, I'm not exactly sure how many spots I have open. It's the middle of January, but usually it's never more than a few spots at any given time. So make sure you get your application in sooner rather than later. If you are interested, it's that fresh new year. I know some people like really like to hit the ground running. So if that's you, I encourage you to ride that energy. The link to do that is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. I will put that link in the show notes. And the link to the emotional availability assessment is veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. And again, that link will also be in the show notes. All right, dear, that's the episode today. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and your insight. You can let me know over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And next week, I've got a brand new coaching episode. And it's all about dating when you feel shy and also when you feel completely traumatized by your past relationship. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.